Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook. All right, let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. I'm going to start out right out of the gate telling you that we are we have a very, very good sales coach and trainer on the show. And the reason I'm saying that out of the gate is before you bolt, we're not going to talk about teaching you how to be better salespeople. You know, for those who aren't salespeople, no, we're not going to talk about sales necessarily to try to get you to like salespeople. But we've got such a good trainer and such a good coach on this show that this is a great opportunity to talk about how we teach salespeople to be good salespeople and then how those skills and behaviors can transfer to other activities that we do in our life. Um, I'm going to tell you that uh, the guy that's going to be on the show, believe it or not, um, I've known him for over 20 years. And how I found him, um, when in my early career as a sales guy, long time ago, I participated in many um, training programs, sales training programs, and most of those were really cheesy and canned. And I hated every single minute of those programs. And about 20 plus years ago, a really good friend of mine said, told me that they were taking a training program with a guy who's really got it, says some things that really resonates with them and stuff like that. And they said, Dave, you need to check it out. So I went to this training program and they were correct. Dave Tier was the guy. He uh, intuitively, there was a lot of things that he taught and he shared, I believed already. So it was easy for me to absorb what he was teaching, but it was also easy to absorb what he was teaching because he was really good at it. Surprise, surprise. Here it is 20 years later and I get a chance to reconnect with Dave and um, have an opportunity to talk about the things that we're most passionate about when it comes to sales. And one of them is how good we listen. You know, there's a huge complaint in the world. What's the biggest complaint people have about salespeople? They don't listen. And one of the biggest emphasis in all the training programs is making salespeople listen. What's the greatest weakness of salespeople? They still don't listen. The bottom line is they're not being taught correctly. So let's bring a guy in who knows how to teach people correctly and coach them correctly. And that's going to be my buddy here, Dave Tier. So Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. That that was a fantastic introduction. But I often I often think back to uh, it being about the intro. When uh, you'll remember this because you were around early 80s. The Stones played Silverdome. And who opened up for the Rolling Stones that year was Santana. But who opened up for Santana? Iggy Pop. <laughs> and they almost screwed it up for the Stones. Right. Iggy Pop got, I believe, booed off the stage. Right. It wasn't an Iggy Pop crowd, if you will. Santana saved it. And then the Stones crushed it. But they almost had the wrong intro. So whenever I am introduced properly, I I just think it 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 adds energy to the rest of the certainly to the rest of the program. So thank you for that. Well, the only risk is we could go all downhill from here. That could be my highest moment. There you go. But could I happened, has it, happened before. <laughs> it, it could happen. It has happened before. But I have a high degree of confidence that wherever I slip, you're going to carry me through. 
Um, you know, you I, you have said that you've listened to a few episodes, and I appreciate that. Um, and the and the reason that I had you on the show is is specifically um, because we talk about how important listening is for problem solving, for relationship building. Uh, great sales is just that. You know, we we build trust, we build confidence, we identify the issue. We help a client find a solution, but all of it requires them to trust us. But the reason, the only way they can trust us is if we really understand, you know, act like we care. We, you know, we have to care. We have to be engaged. We have to be interested, you know, involved. And we have to be, you know, trusted. We have, you know, that kind of thing. And they got, and they say, okay, you know, I believe you understand. What do you think I need to do? How do I get to what I need to do? That kind of thing. That's how I kind of look at sales. Sales is problem solving. Um, and you know, I, that, that's my thing. So I'm kind of thinking like when you, when you think about listening in the sales arena or in any kind of relationship, trust building activity, uh, what is, how do you, how do you position the whole listening, uh, activity? Cause I know well, you, I know you, you find it important. Yeah, you know, for sure. Let me start off with a, uh, an addendum because I'm going to say some things right now that are true they're important they are time and tested but at the same time my wife who is upstairs in this house could be listening saying to herself what the heck is he talking about who is this guy to give listening coaching so i'm going to say some things but i will also say because i've heard you say this david there are times when i'm too tired to do it so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to answer your question because it's a great question. How do I do it? I got, I put, I put myself in a mindset, but, but that's the, that's the problem. You can only put yourself in that mindset for so long as a trainer and a coach. We're on all the time, right? We're on being on all the time in itself. Even if you're not doing anything is exhausting. Listening to clients call with, with sales. I call it help desk coaching problems. That's an important part of the delivery that the, the the product and the service that I deliver, right? It's very important. Mm -hmm. When they call in, I have to give spot on advice or they do something wrong. A sale gets turned upside down. They see no value. There are no referrals and you know, the rest of that snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So, so it's a, I honestly put myself and I wish I could do it at home. I honestly put myself in a mindset. And sometimes I miss my exit. If I'm driving, I honestly got, I'll miss an exit. I'll miss two exits because I'm listening so hard at what's being said so that I can give proper advice. Now, yes, I've been trained and coached. Some of the people on this call, on this, on this podcast have been trained and coached how to listen, but who really implements what they've learned? We're going to talk about a three-step, ridiculously simple process of active listening. And I say simple, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it is a very, very simple process to follow. You just have to do it and you have to remember to do it. And you, and it has to be important. So you'll say, some of you are probably thinking, then Dave, why don't you do it when you get home? Why don't you do it after six o'clock at night? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's very, very trying on the brain. And it's tiring, Dave. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. is hard. It is not easy. If it were easy, we wouldn't be having this. You wouldn't have this program. It's a very hard thing to do constantly, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I don't know. 
you want to dig into this active listening, you want to get into the the three P's of active listening, I'll tell you, it's a, it's, it's a zinger's worth of material. And it's so, the process, the concept is so simple, but like, I'm not well, telling yeah. anybody that it's easy. Well, it is simple, but you know, like you said, is uh, in, and I've had some conversations with people when we talk about the listening. That first piece that you talked is so important. The whole notion of paying attention. Um, you know, I think that that's you know before before we even talk about the three P's, it's the idea that the level of commitment that you have to pay attention because it's important. Um, I think that that's really you know we've heard that a couple of times is you know the verbal nonverbal cues what's being said what's not being said what words are people choosing um, and then how they're positioning the problem listening through that you know last week we had you know Lori talking a little bit about you know prompts to get people to tell story as opposed to give us information there's a big difference between the two um, I think that that we can't emphasize that enough Dave um, like you said is because. That is so important because whatever happens after that defines some direction, right? Because yeah. you somebody's going to share something with you, you exchange some information, you learn, you get to a point, and if you missed a cue or you weren't paying attention or you were more more focused on hitting your exit, if you will, yep, and you miss something, you point them down a path that causes them to make a mistake, lose confidence in you. Or just it blows up, it gets worse, whatever happens. So that yeah. paying attention piece, the commitment to paying attention, making the most important person in the conversation is the person you're having the conversation is really step one. Now you're going to talk about step two, three, and four, yeah. you know, the three Ps, but I can't emphasize that enough. And if you want to follow up with that. You no, know, and, uh, and think about think about it over the phone. If, you, if, if everything you just said, spot on as it is, <clears throat> over the phone, you miss out on so much, right? There's a communication pie chart floating around out there that I've been coaching for 30 years that says 7% of what we, when we communicate verbally, 7% is the words, 55% is the body language. Out the door on a phone call. So if we're not paying attention, we're missing a lot because they may say something that they're really not saying. You know what I mean? They may be saying, like I say this from time to time, it's 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 sometimes a different movie, what people say and what they do. Sometimes it's a different movie. When you watch what they are really saying, watch what they are saying. Funny thing to say, hard to do over the phone. When you watch what people say, sometimes you watch what they say and what they do. It's two different things. Mm-hmm. They've got to be, it's got to be only, I mean, you talk about the six inches between your ears dialed in and screwed on, right? Really got to be <laughs> then, when, then, then, once you're in person, I mean, you can, you can. I mean, so much more comes into it. I, I've, I've often wondered how folks in. Now, we're not going to make this about sales training and coaching, but I do wonder how telemarketers and phone salespeople can be so good when all they have is that telephone to work with, and they miss out on fifty-five percent of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever bought something? Ever engaged? Ever stayed on the phone with somebody? in a telemarketing role, that is a fantastic talent to have because they're missing out on so much of the other, they're missing out on half of what's available to them looking Mm -hmm. at body language and physiology. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And then the other thing that you said is kind of funny. Okay, so why don't we, why don't we turn it on 100% of the time? It's too hard. 
It is very hard. Most people think about are thinking about what they're going to say. Yeah. Everything I saw, I, I I found an image the other day. I put it into my presentation. Oh, I'm sorry. Did the middle of my conversation get the get in the way of the beginning of yours? Did the middle of my sentence get in the way of the beginning of yours? Stop talking. I'm not done yet. It's so easy to get what we want to say out there. And and so many people do it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking friends, family members. We all have those acquaintances that just talk and talk and talk and talk. Impossible to learn anything when you're the one talking. Absolutely right. impossible. But so how important sound, is it you, to you? You can sound pretty smart, though. Oh, you're the smartest person in the room that doesn't <laughs> learn a thing. Sometimes yeah. the smartest person in the room doesn't learn a thing, and the smartest salesperson in the room doesn't sell anything because they're not learning anything, right? Yeah. It's so if it's not important, you're not going to do it because there are so many other important things for you to say, get your message across. So it's got to be critical, right? Yeah, that's right. And and that's and, and, and how do we separate ourselves from our competition? How do you separate yourself from another friend? Right? What what is it that makes people? want to reach out to other people. I will. I have some very good friends that I will reach out to, sometimes in confidence. Those are the ones that listen. They're the ones that don't just tell me everything I want to know. They're not looking at their phone. They're, look, they're looking at me, and, 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 and they know how to listen. And I'm telling you, I can't count on two fingers how many people are on two hands, how many people I know like that. Right. So it's 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 it, when you find somebody that that listens, it's a it's a wonderful feeling. That you said it earlier. Show me that you care. Show me that you care. How do you do that? Well, you really throw the phone down, look people in the eye, nod, and actively participate in listening. That's how you show people that you care. Mm-hmm. That's right. Some people can't Good do point. it. Don't have no concept on how to do that. It's hard. Like you said, it is hard. The concept, you know, like you said, the concept is easy, but um, doing it. Only, it, it's only easy because it's in its three things. How hard is it to remember three things? And I know we're right. going to talk about inference as we tease it up repetitively, but it's only three things. But the truth matters. It's it's three very hard things because it requires you to really sit in a space where you're listening, yep. which means you're not talking. And you're learning where you're not trying to just fix or solve something. You're understanding something to the depth of under and to a to a really unique level. And when somebody says, "What do you think?" or they enroll you in the solving part, then you can lean into it. But a lot of times, we get about halfway through and say, "Oh, let me tell you what you need to do." Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. So go ahead, um, tee it up. What are what are your right. three? I know there are three P's. So there, which there is, are which yeah. is I'm going to tell you something really funny. It's like or just it popped in my head. I apologize for cutting you off, but. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to somebody about um, Adam Grant. Adam Grant has, you know, the whole yeah. thing about think again. He's got he's got three P's. It's like you become a um, you become a preacher, a uh, a preacher, a prosecutor, and a politician to try to get your your point across. A preacher, you have a, you want to make a point, so you just preach, bah, 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 bah. and then if somebody doesn't do what you preached about them doing what they need to do, then you become a prosecutor and you indict them for their bad behavior. And then the last one is, is you become, if that doesn't flip it, then you become a politician. You enroll a whole bunch of people to shame the guy in uh, recognizing how wrong he is on his opinion or how out, out of place his behavior is. So that was one. So that was one. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, Brene Brown wrote a book and she had um, five P's or four P's. 
which was proving, pleasing, performing, perfecting, which the things that we did in our personal style to change who we are so that we would get accepted into groups that we wanted to belong to only find, only to find out that we hated the people that we got accepted to because we weren't like any of them. <laughs> so it, it's pretty funny. I don't know what it is about the P's that become these memory things, but now you're going to introduce <laughs> another set of P's to us. So go ahead, dude. Well, if, if listeners grab a pen. It, it, it's not, it's not a lot of notes you'll take if you're going to take any of any at all. But but this is a three-step process to actively participating in listening. And, and I will tell you, it starts elementary and ends advanced, right? So the first P, the first P of active listening is, is parroting. Parroting, actually parroting. Now, what do parrots do? We know what parrots do. Parrots repeat. Parrots repeat things they hear. They repeat things word for word. And, and when you see a parrot and you listen to a parrot do that, it's it's interesting. How do they do that? How do they know to do that? What kind of what's going on with that parrot? It's a very interesting thing to see a parrot say what was just said. Now, take that in in conversation between two people. I would never suggest that you repeat everything that someone says to you. Right? You would look like a turkey if you did that. But when somebody says something compelling, important, clearly important to them, like the focal point of the conversation, when you toss it back to them, and I say word for word, the worst thing that can happen is they understand that you understood and you were listening, and that proves that you care. So the worst thing that can happen when you pair it, unless you do it wrong, because you could mock somebody and, and start a fight, and, and we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is parroting something that someone said. Uh, what, what could I parrot that David said earlier? He said, and I remember who it was. I, was it Leslie that we that introduced yes, us? Very good. God, that's great. I might say. That's, that's pretty good considering your age. Well, <laughs> I just popped another one yesterday. I gained a year yesterday. Like, what is going on? And I don't know that. I forgot that. I don't know what year I was. I know what year I was born, but I never know the age. I think I'm 57 or 58. Oh, you're a young man. You got years yeah, to go. Yeah. But but I might parrot you and say 20 years. Wow. Now, I know it's been 20 years. You know it's been 20 years. It's a silly example, but as far as parroting goes, think of the impact. They've mm-hmm. Dave, Dave just said that we've known each other for 20 years. I may have forgotten it, and it may have blown me away, and now I say it, and now we're just thinking back, 20 years. Oh, my God, a lot has happened in those 20 years. You could be. It could be more than just two words. It could be more than just 20 years. It could be, and it's it's. Again, there's an art to doing this because you could look silly while you parrot. If you look like you are parroting, like a parrot, probably want a cracker, you're going to screw it up. So, so it's it's never about looking like you're doing it. It's staring them in the eye, squinting your eyes, and saying exactly what they said, the compelling stuff. And it won't. It's it, it might not be. I, I, it shouldn't be every sentence. It might be two or three times in a conversation that you parrot. But what you're saying back is important and compelling stuff. 
somebody did their brackets today. I find it interesting, right? This is a hard year to do NCAA brackets. I did two before this podcast, two separate ones, and realized this is a tough year. I picked Purdue to win one. I picked Kansas to win the other. And then I get on the horn with my brother, who's a big Purdue fan. And I know what he's going to say. Oh, you got to pick Purdue. Purdue's the best team out there. Well, Purdue lost four of their last eight games. So I might say, he might say, Purdue's the best team out there. And I'll say it. Purdue's lost four of their last regular season games. And he would say back to me, four of the last eight regular season games. Now it dawns on him. He realizes it. He recollects. It's real because he said it. And I'm just speaking the truth. Right. So we parrot each other. We do it all the time. Sometimes we do it without thinking. Here's the challenge. Think about it. Show somebody that you care and do it when it matters. I do it all day long, all day long. And I get home and I told you six, six thirty, seven o'clock comes around. Too tired. What? Turn up the TV. Right. What times? What times you coming on Netflix? Watch this you show. Because a nut job. That guy's crazy. I can't, I'm binging you. Just to put my mind at ease from talking and listening all day long. So that's parroting. There is a, well, there, there is a transition though, just so you know, so you don't beat yourself up too much. You know, when you're when you're on all day long, there is a there is a point in time where you have to you have to be able to deprogram before you transition to being on at home. You know, just a side note, my opinion. That's why that's why a lot of times Saturday, I think Saturday, I don't leave, you know, I go for a bike ride in the morning and then I don't leave the couch for the rest of the day. And my wife goes, you're still there. I say, yep, I'm recharging. I am recharging <laughs> because, you know, otherwise I, you know, I, otherwise I have to be that whole thing is, I, you know, it's in my I'm living my commitment to be present for people when they're talking and communicating so I can hear them and I can listen to them. But the truth of the matter is it's somewhere in there you need to reload. So don't be so hard on yourself, but I get it. I get it. And sometimes a nice, sometimes a nice 30 minute ride home, right? If if you're at a client or if you're at an office, right? You know, shame on, shame on COVID for, for, for taking some of those luxuries away from us. And, you know, it's a 30 minute drive, but what do we do? We wind down, we recharge, we throw on a Jim Gaffigan comedy central. And by the time we're home, we are recharged. It's better, Right. All right. Yeah. So I got one question though about the parroting because, um, and not to challenge you as a trainer, because I respect you so much, but I do. um, How dangerous is, because this is my comfort zone. So I'm just going to say, this is what I do, but how dangerous is healthy paraphrasing? (gasps) How did you know the (laughs) second P? Oh, is that the second P? (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? Stealing my thunder? No, no, sorry, buddy. Who does just, this? Invites <laughs> a guy on the show and then does his content. Is that how you do this? Is that how you roll? That's right. I try to make. Well, I just. I, there's, you know, that weak ego of mine. I need to be seen as the smartest guy in the room somehow. I will, no, I, just, David, I will tell you this. I know the training that you sat in on. I know this was coached to you. You are reflecting on third twenty years. You are pulling something from twenty years ago, because well, that's were, where I learned it. That's well, incredible. It was, it was, you just did that. It was great training. And it was like I said to you, you know, at the, in the intro, it really intuitively it resonated with me that, you know, some of that other stuff, because it was like it was like going through a playbook, you know, a gate frame selling and those kind of things. I felt like I was playing games. Yeah. And when we were doing the training and stuff like that, just like what you're talking about, it's simple stuff. But 
um, in the in the way you taught it, but intuitively goes, this feels right because I can be sincere. I can be genuine. I'm not being manipulative. I'm being Dave Cook. I'm seriously engaged in having a professional relationship with you, the person sitting across the table from me. How do we get there? And that's what I got from you. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it went in pretty easy because it fit in a great spot. But anyway, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, no, so, no. Help. so I, but I put an H. I put an animated HP. I made a printer out of your P. You know, called it healthy paraphrasing. But talk a little, <laughs> talk a little bit about paraphrasing. All right. the The second P in active listening, stepping it. Stepping our skill level up a notch, the word paraphrasing. To paraphrase is to do what? When we paraphrase, we say it back in our own words. We're not parroting. We're not saying the exact same thing. But we're, we're clearly indicating that we were paying attention, helping people become comfortable with us, because we say it back in our own words. Sometimes it's, it's, it's set up with a... So what you're saying is, sounds like, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is, and then you just repeat it in your own words. Very, very effective way to let people know you're listening. I mean, you're, 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 if, if, if you're not repeating it right back to them, parroting, you're saying it back in your own words. And now we're in a conversation and people are becoming comfortable with you because you're really living Covey's fifth habit, right? People don't care what you know until they know that you care. So when you show that you're listening, you're showing that you care. Can't tell you how important it is in life, in sales, in everything. So what are some of the things I could paraphrase with you? I could paraphrase that we've discussed today, Dave. We haven't talked about the weather yet. We haven't. And thankfully, uh, we're in Michigan where it's, it has not stopped snowing today. Little <laughs> flakes, but it is snowing the entire day. And you've got what, 76 degrees? Yeah, it's about 70-something. Yeah, yeah it's true. it's a rough day today. Yeah. So what you're saying I is... I wore a long sleeve shirt to yoga class this morning. That's how cold did you? it was. That was it a little, little windy? No, Wendy, just a little <laughs> cold. I had shorts and a long sleeve shirt on, you know, going in and out of the building. Yeah, it's brutal. Anyway. <laughs> so so let's paraphrase that. So you got comfortable before you went in and do, what is it called? The dirty dog? What do you call that? Down and dirty dog? <laughs> downward uh, downward down, dog or something. So you got, com- you got comfortable a little bit warmer before you started downward dogging today. Yes. Yeah, I just it's paraphrased, a, right? Yeah. We're having fun here, but but it's it's a, you could do it in many different ways. Not as easy as parroting, because all you do with parroting is say it. Paraphrasing, you've actually got to put some thought into it. So what you're saying is, sounds like, if I'm hearing you correctly, what I'm gathering is, and now, again, people, the feeling that people get knowing that they have been listened to, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Consider the alternative. How many, how many, it's really neat. When I, when I talk to clients, when when my clients are called on by other industries and other suppliers and other salespeople for other products and services, it's interesting to learn how, how David, you've probably, since the training, you've become a different buyer in your personal life. You pay attention to salespeople differently now. Yep. I know you yep. do. I know you do. It's we're just gonna, a function we're gonna, of... We're going to yeah, need to take a break here, Dave. Yeah. 
that's fine. But but we're we're going to come back to that because this is the this is exactly what um, this the paraphrasing I think is is a critical next step. Uh, I think it's essential. So let's uh, let's come back to that um, on our break, and when we come back, Dave will uh, finish his his lesson on paraphrasing. We're halfway through the show and almost two thirds of the way through the three P's. We might be able to get this in on time. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. There is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope. And according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific. Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David. All right, and we're back with Dave Tier, and this is Stop Telling and Start Listening. Before I rudely cut off Dave, um, just so you guys know, because I can I can give Dave a little grief. Dave decided that he didn't want to pay attention to the chat that told us a break were coming, so I had to rudely interrupt because he was like passionately getting into something. So <laughs> since I since I rudely cut him off, I'm going to get the get the um, the mic right back to him as soon as possible. We were talking about paraphrasing and the importance of paraphrasing. And one of the couple of things that you said, first of all, is, is that it's another, it, it raises the bar to another level because when you paraphrase, you gotta, ha- you gotta get it right. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a risk there that you paraphrase and say, well, that's not really what I meant. Okay, great. Cause then that helps you recover from what you missed, but it would be really sweet is in your paraphrase. If you hit it out of the park and says, oh, that's exactly what I meant to say. That's exactly what I'm saying. So anyway, Go keep going. Jump okay. into your paraphrasing. Yeah, I, I actually, when you so rudely interrupted me, I forgot my point. But you just <laughs> what we were talking about is 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 the the segue, the the sounds like what you're saying, 
if I hear you correctly, in other words, and then fill in the blank, giving mm-hmm. those folks the, the chance to understand that you're understanding. And it, it, it can't, it, it, these things sound so little. They sound so little. But they're not. Think of the last argument you got in personally. I, I promise you, one of you wasn't listening. And it was probably you, mm-hmm. right? That's why you're on this thing today, right? We weren't ever that listening. Or if you were, you didn't hear what they said. Right? You didn't hear it all. So you're you're halfway listening. Can't do it. Can't do it. Right. We call it we call it selective amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I and I and I will and, and this is not this is absolutely positively not to brag, but um when I have found that I hit the uh summary, the paraphrasing, you know, nailed it, the look on the other person's face is like a lot of times they'll say, um, I, that's exactly what I meant to say. I wish I had said it as well as you. I love it. And when they say that, the the whole conversation takes a turn because now we can move forward. Because we, we, we got the first exercise, the first learning exercise done, right? We, I, I, I learned, I got some information, I got context. And then I summarized it and they go, yeah, that's it. Now we can say, okay, now where do we go, right? What's next? Um, if we're still in, if, if I missed it, then they go, well, what I really meant, then I got to stay in there. I got to even double down on focusing. Yeah. I got to double down on, you know, my, my energy level to listening, because obviously I missed something. I had a filter or I had a hiccup or a distraction, but when they go, I wish I'd said it, like you said it, they're going, thank you for listening. Now let's, now let's move on next what's next in the conversation and i, I it, it is it is really important to be able to do that i can't you know i i get it because i've seen personally seen what happens when it works yeah it's neat and then if you want to you want to really take your active listening to the next level we're going to have a we're going to have fun with the letter p here because the third p is p- feedback p-h-e-e-d-b-a-c-k <laughs> right Coach goes a long way to make a P point, right? I got to stay consistent with the cadence. So we're going to have to spell it feedback, P-H-E-E-D-B-A-C-K. What is feedback? You know what feedback is. Feedback is, is you starting to tell your own story. You participating in a conversation with your angle, right? It's very, I mean, this is, this is where, this is how conversations go from, did you watch the game yesterday, to I can't believe we've had 12 inches of snow in the last two weeks, to when is your birthday? <laughs> right? This is how, right, the conversations, and, and, and it's a good conversation, happens with feedback. Now, got to be careful with feedback. So many people, and, and you know your friends that do this. Just think of your friends that do this. You start off with a, you tell a story. Their feedback is nothing more than one-upping you. And now all of a sudden, you went to the final four in 2019, but they went 2020 and 2021, which isn't true because one of them was canceled. I forget which one. But now all of a sudden, they're just proving how much better they are than you. And their feedback does nothing to add to the conversation. Quite frankly, it does the opposite. 
It turns you away from them. So be careful with your feedback. Feedback is, is the meat of the conversation. But don't, don't make it about you. Don't, don't ever need to do that. You just want to give feedback. And sometimes it's precipitated with, reminds me of the time when I fill in the blank. I'll never forget when I fill in the blank. A lot of times, this every time I coach this this module, we we end it with with real conversations. Two people pair up, and they'll do a uh, three to five minute conversation about their wedding day, or their first car, or a wedding they were in. What pick a topic that most people have experienced, and and just watch how that conversation goes. It turns almost every time. The person that's talking about their wedding mm-hmm. learns about the other person's wedding. That's what cover it should do that, right? Mm-hmm. If they learn about the honeymoon. Well, you went to Jamaica? Oh, I went to St. Lucia. Because that's conversation. Mm-hmm. It should go that way if you're giving feedback. Starting with the pair, starting with parody, slightly tossing in a paraphrase every now and again and giving good feedback. Good feedback that shows that you're listening. Good feedback that shows that you care. Not one helping them with your experience because you're the greatest thing in the world. There's enough of that going on out there. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so is uh, when we talk about, when you talk about feedback, and I know I, I do not want to introduce another vocabulary word to override it, but one of the things that you're, that what I hear when you ask, say that is for me, it's, it's, it's a relate exercise. I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, I hear this, I heard the story. This is what, and I can relate to that because. Perfect. Great way to put it. That's a great, very good observation. Okay. So that's, that's really what feedback is. And then, and again, because then you're acknowledging a similar situation that you can relate to based on what you're hearing. And again, if it's on track, it just keeps the conversation moving. And if it's not, then it, you know, might get a little squirrely, but it's not, I'm not telling you a story to one up you. I'm telling, I'm just doing a little anecdote to show you that uh, this is, this is what I'm hearing, how I can relate to what you're telling me. Now, very good observation. Now imagine for a second, non-sales folks out there, don't hate me. Imagine you're in a, you're on a sales call. Just imagine that. And you're learning from your prospect about a problem. Your ability to relate, Dave's great, that's a great word, Dave. Your ability to relate adds to your credibility. Now, all of a sudden, you're having a conversation that they are very well aware of on their side, but it's clear you've got the experience and the credibility, and there's there's no there's no disconnect. That's professional selling. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Listening. Solving problems, but in order to do that, you've got to find out what the problem is, right? And you got to, and you got to understand it in a way that um, helps them find what they're looking for. Like you said, with the at the beginning, you talked about I'm so busy focused on listening in the conversation to make sure that I don't give bad advice or miss a critical point. That sometimes I miss exits. I'm driving, I'm zeroed in. It's like, oh shit, I just missed my exit. Why did you miss your exit? Because I was so busy listening to you, um, and that's the point: is, is that you're 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 dialed in to that level, and so when you do a relate, uh, it's the same kind of thing. 
It's a, you, you you understand you understand the problem to that level. So when you do give them a relator, a paraphrase, or you know, I'm sorry, feedback. When you give them a feedback nugget, if it hits on the spot, they go ah, exactly. You understand. And when they go, you understand, that's trust because they're willing to trust you. Yeah. You get me. In sales, if they don't understand that you get them, I don't care how great your product or solution is. They have to see, feel, and believe that you get them. Mm -hmm. And that's the one of the best ways is to do what we're talking about. Listen, Mm -hmm. listen actively and show that you get them. Because mm-hmm. so many people can, can listen. So many people have the same solution. Lots of commodities out there. But if they believe that you get them, now all of a sudden your solution is better because you get them. Mm-hmm. Give people that feeling that you get them. It's a wonderful feeling for them. To yeah, well, that's the and that is the differentiator. Um, because, you know, and I, part of the reason that I named the show the way I did stop telling and start listening wasn't really like geared towards salespeople. But, you know, for those people who are listening, we all have that experience, you know, where, where a salesperson shows up, asks one question, what are you looking for? You, they give you, an, you give them an answer, and then they start to tell you what they think you need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're telling you what they think you need as opposed to listening to understand why you're here and looking. You know, for example, you know, the one we, we all like to pick on car guys, right, Dave? But uh, <laughs> yes. But, you know, the car guy, you walk in a lot and because you're on the lot looking at cars, it's assumed that you're looking to buy a car. That's great. But why you're there to buy a car and what kind of car you want and why it's important to you, there's a whole story behind being on the car lot than just the fact that you were looking for four wheels and an engine. Absolutely. I'll never forget the, the when when automatic locks Remember automatic locks and automatic windows? For those that were born south of, ah, I'm going to say, what do you think? Anybody born 1975 or sooner might not relate to this story. You used to have to roll your window down and, and actually push a button to lock your door. Well, and you can only lock your door. Right. You could, or, if, or if you had real long arms, you could lock somebody else's, but usually you couldn't reach their door. So, so my dad is in the market for a car. He goes down to Monroe, Michigan, right? It's a 45 minute drive for him. He's a teacher. My dad doesn't need any more distractions. He doesn't need bells and whistles. The guy can't wait to sell him the new Cordoba with the automatic locks and automatic windows. I'm watching this and I'm a youngster. I'm a little guy, but I'm still picking it up. My dad says, can I see something else? And the guy blew, the guy fell over. He said, what do you mean? It's the coolest technology in the world. You don't have to do anything except it's automatic. Well, my dad said, nah, last thing I need is a trip down to Monroe when it breaks. I am a teacher. I can't take off school. And in the summertime, I teach driver's ed. All he cared about was the technology breaking because it was new. Show me something else. We ended up coming home with a car with with." Regular locks and regular windows. I swear to God, it's the craziest thing. If he would have just listened to my dad and got to know him and understand his motivations, it's like trying to sell my dad the four four wheel off road capabilities. He's driving a farmer jacket church. He's not buying all that stuff. 
Stop right. selling what you want to sell and find out what people will buy. That's it. Happens by listening and asking good questions. Yeah, anyway. very true. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And I think that that's the issue is that that is the other uh, point um, when we start talking about telling versus listening and also just listening in general. Um, is when you talk about um, parroting, um, forgot the middle one. Paraphrasing, paraphrasing, parroting, paraphrasing, and um, shoot, feedback. feedback. Yeah, the feedback, the feedback. Okay, all three of those things involve focusing on the other person. It's not about me; it's about you. No and question like, about it. And like what you said with that salesman, it's about me. I am going to sell you a car today. I am excited about the technology in this car. I want you to like it. I, you know, what do I need to do to convince you to like it? It's all about me. And like you said, if you'd flipped it and go, you look and the guy goes, you know, hey, Mr. Tear, I don't understand. Help me understand, you know, more about this and what can, maybe what can I do to help you feel more comfortable about the technology? Yes. And he may have learned that it never was going to happen. Takes him over, sells him another Cordoba. Last year's model. My dad would have been glad to buy that. I'm sure he did. Yeah. He did. That's, I'm sure he did. But, but it came at a, at the expense of an awkward moment where a salesperson couldn't believe somebody didn't want the latest and greatest. I mean, think about it. It's, right? and, it's and, and it was so interesting. And the it, thing is, is that, and the, and the, you know, you know, we could hypothesize a lot of things here, but the other thing that I'm thinking about really quick when it comes up with that, Dave, is, yeah, your dad ended up buying a car from that person. However, when he gets home and he thinks about, you know, three, four or five years later, whenever he decides to buy his next car, yeah, I don't want to go down there because last time it was really a hassle. There you go. You nailed it. And so if if we're looking at having relationships where we're connected and people know us and like us and trust us and the process is, you know, um, you know, there's a value. They like you said before, they get me. They get me these, you know, I go there, I can sit down, they get me. It's easy. That's then what you do. What, and it's in any relationship. This isn't just in sales. This is any relationship. Hey. If, if I have them, if I'm having a great interaction with somebody, a cup of coffee, and it was a great conversation. Am I looking forward to having another one where they call me up and say, Dave, let's get together for yes. coffee. Yeah. Yes. But man, if the last one was a pain and I hated every minute and the dude was looking at his phone and he wasn't listening, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'll meet with them maybe, but it's not highest on my list right now. My eagerness to participate in that crap has gone way down. That's so true. Yeah. So true. But it, like you said, okay, so it's, it's the concept is easy and the process is easy, but the um, execution is difficult. What gets in the way? What's the one thing that you observe with people that you're coaching and training that what's, what's, what do you got to do to get them to catch it? change their mind the 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 number one thing is their mouth is moving they're talking right none of this can be done except for parroting while your mouth is moving but 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 you're doing parroting or or, take it back none of this is done in conjunction with you talking about whatever it is that you want your message it's all done in an effort to show that you were listening So when I say their mouth is moving, they're too busy talking about other things. 
They're moving on to their next point. They're finishing the, the other person's sentence. How dare anybody do that? How common does that happen? They're thinking about what they're saying. That is the number one barrier to listening. People not being able to shut up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now, now there's just too many distractions. And we go out to any restaurant, watch, do, a, do an experiment this week. Go to a restaurant, watch two people looking at each other and listening to each other. And just, just go right up to them and say, eHarmony, match, or Tinder. Because you know <laughs> for sure it's a it's an online dating app. You know, because they're, they're still interested in each other. They're talking to each other. They're engaged, right? Then, then that the two tables over, watch a couple that's been married for 20 years. They've said everything they can to each other. They're not... There are so many distractions. Oh, I can't. Did the Red Wings score? Is there a shootout tonight? Should I get a puppy? Did I leave the iron on? I mean, there's so many distractions, right? The, the, the listening. So, so two things. Eliminate the distractions. And if you have to, I mean, eliminate them. Where are you positioned when you're talking to somebody? If you're positioned looking at the door and everybody coming in the door or looking out the room and looking at chasing shiny balls and seeing the birds... Move yourself so that you're not distracted, number one. Number two, shut up. Shut up. It's the easiest thing to do that some people can't do. Absolutely can't do it. And you know who they are. You know these people. That was going to be the name of this radio show when I first started it, was Shut Up and Listen. And I thought that was a little bit too harsh, so I softened it by saying stop telling and start listening. But but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um um, sh shut up is is you know we 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 told our kids very early on that they're not supposed to say that but you know when you when we're adults we can take that kind of abuse yeah but it's, it's like yeah. just shut up people say how do I listen by shutting up well yeah but what do I do listen don't talk I mean <laughs> how hard is this it's so for some people it is so hard yeah well and but then the other thing that you talked about and i and i and i appreciate the three p's okay so we're not going to get away from you know the emphasis on the three p's which i'm going to say again because i butchered it the last time is parody parroting paraphrasing and the feedback okay <laughs> um but people they all you know a lot of times when i've talked to people about listening they go how do i demonstrate that i'm listening i'm going like by not talking but okay if we need more um, I guess that would be the three P's, but, but you know, yeah. I see the, so um, go ahead. What, but the, let's, let's do, let's give people some other ideas in order. In addition to the three P's, you can demonstrate that you're listening by tilting your head, by squinting your eyes, mm -hmm. the steeple, right? Your, two your physical, two, your physical yep, presence, two fingers under the nose, you're steepling, you're, oh. you're squinting, you're tilting your head rather. There are many ways to demonstrate that you're listening. And I want to tell you something. Even if you're not, you do those things, and at least you'll look like you're listening. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to be a fake out there. But you can actually look like you're listening by steepling, tilting the head left or right, squinting, right, wrinkling your forehead. Things that we can do to indicate nonverbal cues that we're listening. It just so many people don't do that. They don't yeah. because they're not listening. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, even if we're, even if you're acting, we have to watch our time here, but even yep. if you're acting, you're going to be called to action. 
And the three P's are right. how you get called to action. That's right. when you're going to get tested. So you can pretend like you're listening, but eventually you're going to have to demonstrate that you're listening. But if you want to like, look, how do I demonstrate that I'm listening to start? Just listen, be engaged, be physically engaged in the listening process. So Dave, um, in two minutes or less, because I was planning on doing this earlier, how do we, um, um, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? You're a great coach. You're a great teacher, uh, good energy, great sense of humor. What's the best way to get a hold of you if we wanted to follow up and have a conversation? Website, salescoachescorner.com, C-O-A-C-H-E-S, salescoachescorner.com. Email Dave at salescoachescorner.com. LinkedIn, Dave Tier, Twitter, Dave Tier, Facebook, Sales Coaches Corner. A lot of ways to get in touch. Good. Right? The key, the key I one is this, sales I coaches. This sales coaches. Yeah. Yeah, it was great, man. I this is like um I tell everybody this story. You probably don't even remember, but uh, you told your kids that you were gonna go have uh have drinks with um, Dave Cook when Dave Cook uh, was on um, uh, American Idol or whatever, yes, and you yes. you made you made me autograph the back of my business card. You know, even though it wasn't the same guy, that was pretty funny. That's great! Oh my god, that's funny. You remember that? Well, it was just so oh. it gives everybody an idea what Dave Tier is all about. Great energy, great humor, and a great teacher. So, hey man, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you, Dave. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it a lot. All right. So um, this was our 10th episode. Look at that. You, you, you went us into, took us into double digits. But um, mm-hmm. next week, we have Monica Guzman on, and she's going to talk a little bit about how to have difficult conversations with people that we are politically or socially polarized from. And it's uh, very, very, she's, I, I, I pre recorded that interview, to be honest, because uh, she was so busy, but um, she wrote a book called I've Never Thought of It That Way. It's a fantastic book. And so uh, that's that's our show next week. In the meantime, everybody, just remember, um, until next time, open your ears, open your heart, open your mind, and allow yourself to listen. Because once you start listening, everything changes. This is Dave Cook. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.